It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's so much craziness happening on the planes. Let's talk through it together. I'm Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are dapping it up with Montgomery Radio legend, Daryl Daprich. Welcome on in to this special live stream edition of the show. Daryl, I guess let's just go in chronological order as we try to make sense of everything that's happened so far. Thursday night, it becomes official. Cadillac, Carnell Williams, he is stepping down. He is resigning from his post as running backs coach. Obviously, a legend, an Auburn football legend, an Auburn icon. I've got a picture of him running next to Tank from the Texas A&M game. Uh, Auburn fans clearly love Cadillac, but this is a situation where if it feels like this, this wasn't Caddy truly stepping down. I think this was kind of uh, Hugh Freeze in, in the direction of this program choosing to um, choosing to look elsewhere. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of pushback today from people reaching out to me on X and wanting, you know, texting me saying, why so cryptic? Why isn't the university or you guys coming out? Make no mistake about it. There's two reasons. Number one, Cadillac, what he did last two years ago uh, during that whole Brian Harson debacle when he took over as interim coach was such a unifier and uniter. And I'll be forever indebted, as will the Auburn fan base. People started believing again and started having hope again because of what he did. That he should was a beacon. never He was a beacon. He there, was. It, he was, it, was it was incredible. It was an incredible was, moment. Never forget that. Never yeah. forget that in light no. of whatever you know happens or whatever you may think about this or whatever rumor. I mean just again, I, I, I really caution people to just take a pause on this and understand coaching decisions are very, very integral. They're very complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. We as fans or people that cover the team sometimes don't even know all of them. So to speculate and to comment and just say, quit being so cryptic, it's not. It's Sometimes it's personal things that don't deserve to be discussed publicly. I'm not saying that's the case in this scenario, but there's so many moving parts that you don't want to get it wrong and you don't want to you don't want to make something worse than it already is or could be bottom line yeah the 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 biggest whiff of takes that i've seen today is so many people saying oh mcgriff started the trend of nobody wants to work under freeze when we saw it with mcgriff we saw it with ron roberts and philip McG all these guys right and now caddy and then zach etheridge as of this morning and I can tell you that all of those guys were either asked to leave or encouraged to find positions elsewhere. Except and McGriff. Think, except McGriff. Except I McGriff. Think, but I think, I think McGriff why. may come back. Right. I mean, I mean, listen, that, that's not a anything that we're like trying to speculate on. There are notable writers for Auburn that have said he's coming back and it just hasn't signed the paperwork yet. So if you can't connect the dots on that that somebody comes back after somebody else leaves, I don't know what to, I, I don't know how to help you. I mean, that that's an example of somebody not wanting to be here because somebody else was, some of that gets cleaned out. And then, oh, by the way, I want to come back. It's not, a, it's not people jumping ship. I'm not spinning it and, and putting it in a light to cover Auburn. It's not that people were asked to leave and move on for the betterment of the program. 
You can call it mutual parting of the ways. It's a great way to say it, just to kind of save face. McGriff, not in that category. McGriff left on his own, but he left for a valid reason that has been corrected, and now he wants to come back. If you leave and want to come back to coach under Hugh Freeze, that kills the narrative that nobody wants to work under Hugh Freeze. Because if you leave and want to come back, I mean, when you leave, you're free and clear. What, what would make you want to come? You're out from underneath that. So, listen, I, and again, in this world of college football, when people talk about turnover and, oh, it's only one year, I mean, things change. Sometimes to your uh, in your control, sometimes out of your control. And you're, you're paid a lot of money to react accordingly. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. Uh, the Zach Etheridge situation, you know, I don't know if people know this or not, and I don't mind say, sharing it publicly. You know, I, I, I've confirmed that he's either engaged to or very ser- in a serious relationship with the head coach of Houston's daughter. Well, I mean, you know, when you oh. make a – yeah, so when you make I a statement – Yeah, he's dating – he's either engaged to or dating Willie Fritz's daughter. So, I mean, you talk about what's best for me and my family or go, getting out there, I mean – if you if you're if you love somebody and you're engaged to them, I, I would think you'd want to be closer to them. I don't know. I, again, speculation, but people need to understand the whole story before they start assuming it's people are leaving because they hate freeze, right? Uh, you're laughing, and I can't see what you're laughing at. But no, um, it, it, yeah, it's, you keep. But you don't want to. You people assume that, and it's so frustrating when that's not the truth. They're not leaving because they hate freeze or freeze pushed them out. After he right. used them up, that narrative is just tired. It's old, and it's quite honestly, it's just wrong. It's not true. Yeah, it, it's very lazy. It's very lazy. And, and look, I think, I think Hugh Freeze is willing to ruffle some feathers to do what he believes is right and best for the future of the Auburn football program. And I think, in order to do that, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to make some tough decisions. And I think I think that's what part of this certainly looked like. I do think there were some disagreements. I do think um, there were things that weren't perfectly in lockstep um, with one another. But I would imagine that happens often, and a lot of times you can work through it. So I mean, this was just a match they didn't seem um, to be uh, to be on the same page with moving forward, and that's okay. And that's okay. But like I, I know a lot of folks love Carnell Williams. I know a lot of folks love. Zach Gethridge, two Auburn men, no question about it. But Hugh Freeze is the head coach, and he's got to do what he thinks is best for the future of this program. Like it, hate it, disagree with it, agree with it, it doesn't matter. Hugh Freeze is making these calls. And so now when you kind of look at the writing on the wall and say, okay, what's coming next in regards to the formation of this coaching staff, Earlier today, Charles Kelly was made official, worst kept secret in the world. He's been working there for a hot minute now, but him being named co-DC tells me they know who their defensive coordinator is. Maybe I'm reading in between the lines too much. Maybe I'm guessing a little too much, but before we speculate on the DC side of it, Charles Kelly, Daryl, incredible recruiter, Really good defensive-minded head coach. There is nothing. Let me be very clear here. There's nothing about this hire that I do not absolutely love. It's why when people think that this is just something that comes out of the blue or is spontaneous, this has been in the works since the Music City Bowl. Uh, it got leaked by the Colorado side, and, and there's 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 speculation. Was ticked. 
Yeah, there, there's speculation as to what would be the motive behind Deion Sanders leaking that, but it got leaked. Um, he's been on campus for a while, so these were all moving parts along the back channels behind the scenes. He's an excellent recruiter, an excellent defensive mind. He's somebody that I've wanted Auburn to get back on the planes for years. And so it, it's it's a kind of a match that's going to be really, really good where you've got co-DCs, you've got position coaches, you've got one guy that can really – focus on maybe recruiting and another on X's and O's. I don't know. I think both guys that we've talked about, if, if it's Kiffin, Chris Kiffin yeah. that comes, or if it's, you know, any of the names you've heard bandied about are all good recruiters. So it's a At great point. If, if it's not recruiter. Chris Kiffin, I would be surprised. Actually, I, I would be surprised if it was not Chris Kiffin to be the next defensive coordinator here. You don't make all these moves without having a plan in place and knowing exactly where you're going to go. And so that's why this is, I mean, Auburn fans are going to be thrilled with Charles Kelly and when they watch some of the recruiting gets and the fish that he reels in. Um, and again, he's a, he's a, he's a veteran coach. He's been in a lot of places. He knows the, the Auburn Alabama landscape. Yep. So it's a great hire. And it's, you know, and, the, and then the news about Trevon Reed uh, that came out an hour and a half ago being promoted uh, as well and not getting on the recruiting trail. I believe wholeheartedly that during Harson, during the great potato famine, Trevon Reed was really, really crucial when they and then when Hugh Freeze came in and he waited to hire coaches so he could keep Trevon Reed on the recruiting trail, that's by design. That goes to show you how good of a recruiter he is. So that's a good, good move. Um, you, you know, you've still got a lot of different moving pieces, but so far the Kelly thing, the Reed thing, very, very good and beneficial for Auburn. And I think Auburn fans are going to love what they see in these moves. Yeah. Uh, still several folks asking about like why wouldn't they want to promote caddy and like I don't think I don't think caddy's ready to be a power five offensive coordinator and that's the only really thing you could promote him to just talking to folks I don't think that's it and, and I'm curious to see where he pops up at what kind of job he gets but I'm not expecting it to be a better job than the one he just left yeah, I mean, we know that Hugh Freeze is going to call plays, so that that did not that job description wouldn't have included calling plays. But you've got to get this one right after you fire Philip Montgomery after one year. That grace period, that honeymoon over period, is over for Hugh Freeze. You've got to get it right. You've got to show improvement on the field. Play calling's got to be better. All you know, all that's got to be better. Game planning, and I just don't think that people of the powers that be felt that Cadillac was ready to take that next step. You can't gamble on that when you're going into year two you've got to show marked improvement yeah daryl we're getting questions about trevon reed's promotion he's not an on-field coach but you can designate one off-field coach to be a recruiter isn't that the rule am i right on that yes okay but it was a promotion he did get promoted and he got officially handed that title where he's you know allowed to be that that dude i mean it was a a definite on his twitter he posted it and retweeted it. So that's why I felt comfortable mentioning it. If the guy himself put it on his own X page, I felt like it was no, you know, and that's the best way to do it. Just go to his page and you'll see his official title. He's changed it. Yeah. He is very online and you have to be to recruit at the level that he is. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. So moving forward, I think the timing depends on what happens with the Houston Texans, because that's where Chris Kiffin is currently. He's a linebacker's coach for the Houston Texans currently. The Texans play the Browns this weekend in the playoffs. And, Daryl, 
I know you're a big Cleveland Browns guy, so I know you're cheering hard for them. And so we'll see certainly what happens. I can't do it. It's hard. It's hard to make the decision whether I want to see the Browns eliminate Kiffin so he can get here quick or watch the Browns fans just drink, I mean, just drink up their tears as they get bounced for the playoffs. It's a tough call for me. It really mm-hmm. is. No, you've been a diehard Browns fan your whole life. So I just want to make sure people knew that. But as far as the timing, though, like I think if Houston were to win, I do think it delays some things. I am curious uh, when we kind of pivot now to the offensive coordinator speculation. I think it's going to be Derek Nix. I think you're in that boat as well that you think it's going to be Derek Nix. And I think he will be the offensive coordinator and the running backs coach. He was a running backs coach at Ole Miss for forever. So that's a role that he's comfortable with. And obviously, I think he'll be able to bring a lot uh, on the recruiting trail as well. And he and Hugh Freeze can finish each other's sentences, which is something that I think is important. And I think that's something that Hugh Freeze is looking for. And so Derek Nix isn't tied to anything. He can accept a job whenever. A year ago, when Hugh Freeze was filling out his first staff here at Auburn, we saw both coordinators get hired on the same day, it was the same morning, I believe it was very close together. It was one after the other. Because I had to record like four shows that day because stuff kept happening. I remember it very clearly. It was in a hotel room. It was not fun. But I am I think ideally they want to drop it all close together. I don't know why, but that's just kind of the gut feeling I get, Daryl. Obviously, if Houston were to win this weekend and Kiffin's season with the Texans extends another week, do you see them dropping the the Derek Nick news sooner? Yes. I think yeah. at that point you can't wait to group it. Just go ahead and get that out of the way. Get Nick's on campus. Get him acclimated to who's going to be on the staff. I mean, and here's why. I mean, he's not only going to be running backs coach. You mentioned it. He changes his title. He becomes an offensive coordinator, which he isn't currently at Ole Miss. So that, by design, you know, is a promotion by title. You want to get him on campus and you want to show some continuity and you want to show that there's a plan, especially in light of what happened yesterday, last night, and this morning. That's why the timing about Kelly and Reed and possibly McGriff couldn't have been any better. And Auburn waited because you've got to you've got to move some parts before you can make announcements. So they handled that correctly. Mm-hmm. I think they showed a lot of respect and 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 refrain from doing that. I think the next thing on the offensive side of the ball. You know, yeah, you'd want to do Knicks and Kiffin together. But if, if for some reason Houston beats Cleveland in the playoffs, I don't think you wait two weeks. You just go ahead and, you know, announce Knicks and then wait on Kiffin and announce him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course you want the Browns to win. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's all you always pulled for. And I respect that about you. I think it's great. I think it's great. How tough mad are you with me right now? Tough call. Tough call. I just, Browns <laughs> fans. Mm. Uh. They've been uh-huh. doing a lot of this the last I'm three joking. Weeks. D- Daryl's a huge um, Baltimore Ravens fan, so that's that's why I'm you giving are, him. You are blaspheming me, my friend. You go from bad to worse. If I had some holy water in here, I would throw it on the screen. Oh, oh man. Yeah, it's terrible. And don't throw Bengals in there either. I hate the whole AFC North, all of them. Right, even the Steelers, right? No, now, come on now. Okay, just kidding. That's why it kills me when people say I root for the SEC. I don't get that mentality. I don't know if you're that way. That's like no, me I saying I, 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 I want to see I want to see the Bengals lose, the Browns lose, the Ravens lose. I can't pull for somebody. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you know the whole year you kind of get used to hating them or wanting to 
do well against them? How do you just flip a switch and say, oh, the bowl games? No, no. Yeah, I got you. Uh, all right, so as far as coaching staff development, do you think we're done seeing people leave or be asked to leave or resign or, or whatever? Do you think that's done? Uh, I'm not 100%. I know there's a couple of people like Jason Caldwell, who I respect immensely, that says they are done. Yeah. They're, I mean, but, you know, I've just heard some back channel things that maybe one more position to make room for one more coach that's coached at Auburn before. We'll see. I'm not trying to be cryptic here. I guess it sounds like I am, but I don't, you asked the question. So I'm not hundred percent convinced that it's completely done, but I think at the most you might, you might, and I very small chance that you might see one more. If there was one more, who would it be? I'm not, no, 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 no. You ain't getting me to even speculate on that. Nice try. Good try, but nah. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I think, uh, I think moving forward. So I don't know the order of this because like we said, the playoff game, I think impacts the timing more than I would like, but I get it. There's no other option here. I think your coordinators are Derek Nix from Ole Miss and Chris Kiffin from the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. And then I think they're going to, I think Wesley McGriff will be back on this staff and I think he will coach. Defensive backs with Charles Kelly, and I'm sure they'll split it safeties and corners like they did a year ago with with McGriff and Zach Etheridge. And I think you'll see like maybe a Kent Austin coach quarterbacks. Is that crazy to think? I think that's a, absolutely uh, the move that's going to happen. That makes sense. So, Guy that coached for you freeze before and coached under him in that role. So that'll be good. Yeah. So if all that happens, is this a better staff than it was a year ago? Yes. I think so too. More complete, more well-rounded, more hybrid staff, meaning they can do both. They're good X's and O's schematic guys, but they're also can recruit their butts off. And in this day and age of college football, you can't afford to have specialists on your mm -hmm. staff. You better have guys that can do multiple things and wear multiple hats. And I think this staff does that. I really do. Potential. Well, staff. Yep. 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 Um, in regards to uh in regards to what's happening also in the state, it looks like a lot of smoke around Kalen DeBoer. So we'll see if that happens or not. Yeah, you know, I heard that we, we heard that name a lot yesterday. It kept coming up, and then that he was supposed to be in studio with a television station this morning and had to reschedule that. That that kind of raised a red flag. He has yet to come out like Norvell and Sarkeesian, Lanning and some of those others and said, I'm staying. He hasn't said that at all. So I don't know. You know, you, you can connect the dots on that. I've also heard from a pretty yeah. good source that Saban really loves him, likes likes him. And, and is very high on him. And if 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 the if the notion is out there that Nick Saban built up enough equity in his career to have a personal say in his successor, and I I think it's naive to think he doesn't, then I would think that DeBoer, especially <laughs> when Nick Saban himself said he's having an office in the stadium. And he told the players, I ain't going anywhere, and I can get on to you just as much from my office as I can the field. 
you would think that it would be somebody he would feel very, very comfortable working with in an advisory role yeah. and that wouldn't feel threatened by him being there. And there are some names that have been thrown out that I absolutely think would not take the job 100%. if David was, you know, Daddy Saban was in, the, in an office in the stadium. Yeah, DeBoer, so ESPN is reporting that, that DeBoer and Alabama are in negotiations. So well, there you go. I mean, this is a guy, his coach, his college coaching since 2010, Southern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, Fresno State, Indiana, Fresno State as a head coach, and then Washington. That's just, I mean, I, I think he's a good X's and O's coach. And I think he's a really, I mean, I think he's good at prep, but the recruiting aspect of it. I mean, how much of it is Alabama's able to recruit itself? I mean, I think that's going to be a major hurdle for him. It is. I mean, I know that people want to immediately start making comparisons about, oh, you know, this would be another situation like Harson, who was from the Northwest and didn't recruit in the South. But I would say this, you know, number one, uh, DeBoer has played in a national title game, uh, has been a, you know, power five head coach. So I don't, I mean, you know, it went Washington and coached in a national championship game where Harson was not. So he got some good players in the transfer portal. He's a good recruiter. Now, is he a good recruiter in that region of the country? I don't know. I think if you if you recruit, I think that's over that that's over exaggerated when people say he's not from the South. He doesn't has never recruited in the South. I think if you can recruit, you can recruit because look, Nick Saban came from Michigan State and went to LSU and recruited his you know what off. Uh, Urban Meyer was a Ohio dude and never was south of the Mason-Dixon line except for vacation. Came down to Florida and recruited very well. So I don't necessarily always buy in that you have to be from this region to be a good recruiter down here. But they recruited well at their previous stops too, right? Yeah, and I'm thinking DeBoer did as well. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'd have to look at his class last year, but I thought he had a pretty good class. 36th in okay. the 2024 right. class. Let's see what they were in 2023. I'm scrolling. 26th. Yeah, that's that's kind of mid, but 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 you get a bump for who you're recruiting for. Yeah, it's easier to recruit for Alabama than it is Washington. But again, you know, a top 10 recruiting class at Alabama may look good for a Kalen DeBoer, but for the Alabama fans, like we just dropped eight spots (laughs) from what we're used to. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's to, to put it in perspective. There are some fan bases, including the one we're talking about, but when you get eighth or ninth, you're like, woohoo! And in Alabama, they're like, crap. This is, oh, I'm taking those little Debbie cakes back away from the statue. That ain't working for me. So that's right. It's all perspective. Mm-hmm. You, you are expected to be top three every year if you're Alabama in recruiting. And can he do that? We'll see. I don't think so. I think Saban in a living room, even though you're, Alabama recruits itself. Saban in a living room was always going to get you a one or two top one or two recruiting class. And Mm -hmm. and if you're not Nick Saban walking into that living room, I think no matter just by default, it's going to change. Right. Right. We talked about it. um, The, the show after the Saban news happened. I mean, regardless of who Alabama hires, Hugh freeze with this coaching staff that we think is about to come together and form. Yeah. is set up to recruit this state like Auburn has never recruited it before. Should and could, and that's that's the uh, proof of concept we talk about. You have an opportunity to really gain some traction and momentum. It'll never completely flip because, again, Alabama will hire somebody that's a good coach and the, and the name recognition and 
all that kind of stuff, and NIL collectives if Saban's still around. But there's no doubt that you could move the needle just by default. You're not going to have to compete against the greatest coach of all time. And that's what kills me when people take shots at Auburn for celebrating this or being giddy about this. You, The greatest coach of all time is retiring, and all of college football to a certain extent is glad because mm-hmm. they all get to move the needle. But for Auburn, it's even more personal because he was right across the state. So, you know, I, that's that, that that's in itself going to move. Anybody that thinks that, that it's going to maintain what it was under Saban is being naive. It's not. It's going to slip some. Now, how far, that'll be the question. Just by the fact and the sole purpose that Alabama comes back a little bit on this now that Saban's gone and starts to have to do things, you know, like everyone else does with not having the greatest coach of all time, that in itself should show Auburn moving the needle, especially in state. And so, right. yes, they have a they have a chance to make some headway and some traction. A lot of Auburn people calling him Husky Harson, which is no, I'm, I'm not accurate. You, Funny, but not accurate. I got to be honest. I mean, transparent. Even when it's our own fan base that does that. Again, Brian Harson did not come to Auburn as a Power Five head football coach that just played in a national championship. That's correct. If that would have been the case. It would have been a whole different, you know, dynamic for him coming here. So I wonder how. Yeah, I mean, the timing of this I do think benefits Alabama because it's a little more difficult to transfer right now. You're gonna have to wait till after the spring to really, to really do everything you need to do. So curious, curious to see what um what's gonna happen. So, um, yep. as far as uh, we got a lot of new folks that have joined in since we started the show, so we'll kind of talk about some of the big. Um, Auburn news bits over the last 24 hours. So um, with with Carnell Williams and Zach Etheridge no longer on staff, and we've speculated on who all is going to come in and be a part of this class or a part of this uh, coaching staff moving forward, which name that's being thrown around or I guess official with Charles Kelly, which potential new name or actual new name, if you want to say Charles Kelly, are you most excited about to see on staff right now, Daryl? Okay, I want to I want to do this in two different categories. I'm going to go new that isn't here yet that we've heard, and that would be Derek Nix because I gauge the hiring of a coach with how much pushback the current coach that he's working for gives. Okay, how valuable he is to his current program by how much uh, of a rear end the current head coach shows when he tries to leave. And remember what happened last year: Lane Kiffin threw a fit when Auburn tried to get Derek Nix from Ole Miss, and there were some things that happened, and so Hugh Freeze moved on. I like Nix more than anybody out there that's a potential name to come to Auburn new, even more than Kiffin, Chris Kiffin, or whatever. I think he's a perfect match with Hugh Freeze. It's a a match made in heaven. I love the fact that he's now getting an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator, and I love his recruiting acumen, and I love the fact you're, you're pulling him from Ole Miss. It's yeah, and, yeah, and they've worked together. They've worked together, and they, they know each other so well. And also, when you bring in Chris Kiffin, who is, is my answer to this question, I just I love the fact that all three of those guys have worked together before, and they were very, very successful together before they overachieved at Ole Miss, especially for that time period, I think, pre-transfer portal. And it's just you don't see a whole lot of guys that have been successful as an assistant coach in the NFL 
and also have a track record of being a high-level coach at the college level, both on the field with scheme and play calling, but also as a recruiter. That's just, you don't see that a whole lot. And he was an effective recruiter before his stint in the NFL. And so I think couple that now with the fact of like, look, I know what it takes. I can get you there. Adding that kind of to his uh, his tool belt of things that he can kind of use to help convince whatever kid to come to Auburn. If Because uh, obviously NFL getting to the next level is going to be a big part of the type of player that Auburn is pursuing and able to recruit now. I love that. So my, my answer is Chris Kiffin. Can't go wrong with either one, my friend. And it's amazing how there's an Ole Miss connection to both. And, you know, mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze, there's an Ole Miss connection. So I don't know. It's just – it's different. But I, I, I love both. And then as far as the existing um, hires, from the moment we were ready to go and cover – go live after the debacle that was the Music City Bowl – and that morning we got wind that Charles Kelly was coming back. That really moved the needle for me. I was extremely excited. This is a guy who for years I have followed his career and was hoping he would come back to Auburn. And his name was kind of always bantied about when it yeah. piece, because the coordinator position opened up. Heck of a recruiter, good on the field coach, a lot of experience, knows the high school coaches in this state like nobody else. I mean, he is a he got a network. And it's going to be interesting to see what his role is because he was at Alabama, how he could help in some of the portal stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, how what's his role? Because we've talked about it. Recruiter means two things now. It's recruiting high school players and recruiting other players in the portal. I'm interested to see. And, and your own team. And, and your, your own, own guys. Team. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Which I think is what Zach may have been really good at. And so, like, that may yeah, be He's missed, probably honestly. some kids. I think he salvaged some kids. And, um, again, another guy that you've just got to really tip your hat to and thank him for his service at Auburn and everything he did. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like this was a thing coming for a while. And, you know, it was still kind of up in the air, but he still was a huge part in getting Keontae Scott to stay as well as Kay and Lee. I think that's huge. So hats off to him for uh, for doing his job until uh, until he accepted this thing at Houston. So good for him. Um, cool. All right. Anybody have any questions? We'll, uh, we'll do a questions for a few minutes if anybody has anything. And then if not, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up and, uh, sail into the weekend. Daryl, you and I are going live after Auburn and LSU's basketball game tomorrow. So that's going to be exciting. Hopefully the Tigers start three and O, uh, TK saying not the land sharks. I think we're going to be tiger sharks, baby. If, if all that comes to fruition, I. Tiger sharks are a thing. That's, I'm that's okay pretty, with that. I like that, Zach. That's pithy. And tiger sharks are very underrated as a as a carnivore and a menace in the ocean. People think great white. Tiger sharks will get after you, my friend. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've never been like attacked by a shark, but I don't want it to be a tiger shark if I was. Well, marine biology is a hobby of mine, so is I dabble it? in that. Yeah, I dabble in that a little bit. So I had no idea. Yeah. I had no clue. Well, I saw Jaws when I was a kid in 1975, and it changed my life forever. And so I got every book that I could read on sharks, species, all that. So I know the ones that will bite you in the rear end and the mm-hmm. ones that you're fine to swim around. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So you can feel safe getting in the ocean with me. I, I'll take care of you. Sweet. Okay. All right. I don't think we could uh, end on a better note. So, Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? Follow me on XDAP6410. 
And then tune in tomorrow night for the postcast live Woo. after Auburn plays LSU. Let's go. Please like the video. Please subscribe. Love you all so much. War Eagle, we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.